A former FBI lawyer is to plead guilty in the review of the Trump-Russia investigation. 6,400 absentee ballots were rejected in Michigan, and Dr. Fauci is saying in-person voting can be made safe. My name is Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. Welcome back to another fantastic week. Uh, before I do anything else, I would like to first and foremost apologize to any uh, listeners of the show that may have been, or many people of the show who may have been looking for a video of the last two episodes or possibly three. Um, in hindsight, I was not aware that there would be so many technological bumps in terms of getting an actual video produced, but I am working those out slowly. What I should have done is probably tested it out originally and then tried to you know, so I could learn everything before I got back to the show, but one way or another, I, I, I am prepared to, I'm learning more and more about what I'm going to need to do in terms of using this specific camera, but I'm hoping that uh, this format of the show won't have to be abandoned, because I do particularly like it. Um, and also, before we begin, I'd like to let you know that uh, there's a car driving by the house, but also I'd like to let you know to follow my Instagram, that's at Huey Noah, that's at H-U-G-H-U-I-N-O-A-H. You can check out all my personal stuff, at least what personal information I actually reveal to anyone. You can check out um, you can check out uh, certain little promos. I, I tease when the show's coming up. I talk about my merch all the time on the, store. Speak, on the store. Speaking of, if you go to my website to the shop section, there's merchandise you can get. There's apparel, there's a mug. In the uh, not apparel section, you can get socks. It's just got our logo on it right now for now. Um, I've got some merch ideas that I'm going to test out in the future. Um, but I'd just like to let you know you can check those out. You can get anything from. It's like the the price range is uh, goes from uh, I want to say fourteen ninety nine to twenty five ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine. Um, yeah, for the hoodies or they're twenty nine ninety nine. Um, so yeah, check it out if you if you're interested in buying yourself a hoodie or a mug or you want to get something for I don't know a family member and just be like, hey, watch the show. Here's a mug. Happy birthday. You know. Um, so yeah, that that's that. Thanks so much. Um, our first topic of the day is a former FBI lawyer. Uh, I think this has already happened, by the way. I said is to as if it hasn't happened when it's the end of the week, but still, uh, pl- pled guilty in review of the Trump Russia investigation. So. This we're going we're going uh, way way back when we talk about this. Wait, real quick, let me turn off my phone because I just realized I'm worried that the uh, this might be annoying. Um, so we're going way back. Um, I'll actually just set it over here. Um, we're going way back in review, talking about the Trump Russia investigation. If you remember, this was really early on in the president's uh, term in office. So. It, for those of you who aren't aware or who weren't kind of into that thing, or you know whatever, uh, the Democrats were investigating Trump uh, as in Russia ties because it was very apparent that the Russian government was uh, actively trying to help the president uh, win the election. And they, um, our, our foreign enemies 
have have actually are have already prepared their uh, support for either group. You know, they they're using ads to target uh, people to get them to uh, sway a certain way because for our foreign enemies think that they can use one president or the other. And Russia was very heavy on supporting President Trump, and currently they still are. And uh, I hear China is start, is uh, is trying to get Joe Biden elected because they think they can do the same thing with China, which I 100% agree. Uh, in both situations, I think it's definitely true that these external factors are trying to play into our election and they should 100% be uh, investigated. But rather than doing that, Democrats decided to look into the president himself because they were under the impression, or rather what I, I'm going to assume is they just didn't like him uh, and they thought they could use it against him. Uh, Trump was actively and knowingly working with the Russian government to win the election, which, as far as he claims, has not happened. Now, many members of his staff during that time have said they, um, they, they, or have been convicted for trying to help him. But according to his knowledge specifically, Donald J. Trump says he has no, he had no knowing that the uh, that some of his members of his uh, campaign staff were actively help, working with the Russian government to help him win the election. Now we can debate that all day and all night. It's not going to matter. That we're talking four years ago. All we can do now is try and prevent anything like that happening again. But they, during that whole thing, there was an FBI lawyer who apparently in who apparently made a false statement so I'll read this to you so a former FBI lawyer plans to plead guilty to making a false statement in the first criminal case arising from an inquir- inquiry into the investigation of ties between Russia and the 2016 Trump campaign his lawyer said Friday Kevin Kleinsmith is accused of altering a government email about former Trump campaign advisor who was a target of secret FBI surveillance according to documents filed in Washington's federal court his lawyer, Justin Schur, told the Associated Press that Kleinsmith intends to plead guilty to the single false statement count that he regrets and that he regrets his actions. In the case against Kleinsmith, the case against Kleinsmith was cheered by Donald Trump and his supporters as they look up to the investigation led by U.S. Attorney John Durham to lift Trump's re-election prospects and to expose what they see as wrongdoing as the FBI opened the Russia investigation. So let me talk about this. The Russia investigation, the FBI opened it, yada, yada, yada. Now, Trump, I talked about this, I believe, the ninth episode of this season, um, so just a couple, well, about a month ago or so, um, the Obamagate thing, where Trump honestly believes that Obama had people, There's and there is some circumstantial and some bits of evidence that say that Obama or, or people who have high ties with Obama, with the President, Obama, with the president at that time, uh, were investigating Trump's campaign just, as far as we know, just surveilling it. I'm not aware of anything that actually proves that they were actively trying to slow down or anything, but I have seen some bits of evidence that have, um, not signified, no, yeah, signified, um, that they were surveilling that. And so this former FBI lawyer, uh, uh, was, um, is one of those people. Uh, the president said, um, the reporters in the White House last Friday, the fact is that they spied on my campaign and got caught, uh, while his campaign referred to the greatest crime in American history in his own statement. Um, other than that, it, this, the five page limited, the five page charging document is limited in scope and does not allege criminal wrongdoing done by anyone other than Kleinsmith, nor does it offer evidence to support Trump's assertions that the Russia investigation was tainted by widespread political bias in the FBI. It makes clear that the FBI relied on Kleinsmith's own misrepresentations as it sought to review, uh, surveillance, um, of the former Trump campaign, uh, aide Carter Page. And, um... You know, I just think it's interesting. 
I mean, the first problem with this is it's one of my least favorite things about criminal investigations that are, you know, set high up in uh, some of the higher courts in our in our political offices is that it becomes about that political office. Many times when we do investigations into certain presidents or into certain people in politics, those investigations become entirely politicized and they lose all of their legal um, precedent or their legal, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not precedent. Um, presence. It, it becomes more about the politics of the situation rather than it does the legitimate criminal um, activity supposedly going on in that situation. And this is exactly what's happening here where this man is, is willing to admit that he did this, that he uh, did do that. Trump makes it about the Obamagate conspiracy thing, which again, there is some evidence that is mostly circumstantial, mind you, but some evidence that may point to an Ob the Obama uh, administration looking at his campaign, um, which I'm not entirely sure if that's illegal. I'm fairly certain it is. I would assume it is just by default, but I, I, I believe it is. But the point is, he, he's Trump is making it once again about himself, which is a very a very Trump thing to do. He's very self-centered and self-concerned, um, even with his positive traits, because I do think he does care about people and stuff like that, and it, at least for the most part. In terms of the uh, politicalization of certain topics, Trump is almost king at that. Um, if it weren't for him, Democrats wouldn't be so bad either. Um, they only got bad when he did, because, you know, um, and so... This whole making it about him is probably going to be a very hard... It's going to be very difficult to actually try and sift through this and see if there was a legitimate spying effort on the Trump campaign in 2016 by the Obama administration. It's just going to be near impossible to figure it out. Um, in terms of saying the FBI had political bias, I'm sure it probably did. I, I just always assume if there's political bias to be had that you have it and you're using it actively. Because at this point in history, nobody cares about just blatant information and just stating the information as it is and then using their political biases to make personal statements about it. I just simply cannot believe that, that people are honestly just honest and intend to find information and use it based on the legal precedent set by our forefathers and people in the past uh, to come to a legal conclusion. That just simply doesn't happen anymore. People are more concerned about, especially in these types of cases, are more concerned about their political background and how they can succeed and how they can possibly give themselves more influence and power in politics and take down people they don't like than they are about that legitimate, uh, the legitimacy of, 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 um, actually, you know, solving certain, you know, criminal cases and all that. Um, so I, I certainly believe that that's very likely and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, but once again, Trump is not entirely in the right here just because he may be, he may have a point that doesn't necessarily mean he's right. He's still being very obnoxious about it. And I don't support that. I simply don't. So, um, our next piece of news, uh, 6,400 absentee ballots rejected, were rejected in, Mel in Michigan. Voters had moved, were dead, and some were even animals. So, I, I think I talked about this a little bit on the, uh, mail-in voting thing last, last week. Um, I could be wrong. I talked about how it's not necessarily horrible, but the post office is not so, like... Let me put it this way. Everyone who's defending mail-in voting is turning is suddenly saying that it's like the most democratic thing in the entire world and that we have to do it by mail. And we have to protect the mail. And recently, I actually want to talk about this before I talk about what I'm about to say. 
uh, this specific news topic. Um, Trump recently defunded the USPS, and, and Democrats and leftists all over all across the country are saying like it's the most undemocratic thing ever. He's trying to force himself to win the election, but it's fairly obvious that the only reason anyone cares about the, the the post office all of a sudden is so they can win. It's all political. This whole situation with the with with the post offices and with mail in voting, there is nothing unbiased or unpartisan about this entire topic at all. Uh, right-wingers are being incredibly politically um, biased in the way that they're saying that mail-in voting uh, in every situation ever is going to cause Joe Biden to win and yada, yada, yada. And leftists and Democrats and all that are, are, are incessantly, you know, yelling, save our post office because Trump is a dictator because he defunded the USPS, which, mind you, doesn't necessarily... Uh, uh, um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Regardless, the the situation is political. Nobody in this conversation cares about just the the simple logistics of it, uh, and nobody's really concerned about like the the words of um actually our next news piece after this, um Dr. Fauci saying voting is safe and per- can be made safe in person, but whatever. Um. Uh, the uh, they they're more concerned about them winning because in politics today, especially in our elections and especially this year, nobody cares about the um, liberty of the citizens. Nobody cares about preserving that liberty and understanding the auspices of that liberty. They are more concerned about their own political power and their own influence and wealth within society. Um, that they will throw out their morals entirely and, and any sort of integrity they may have uh, to gain such political and uh, social uh, influence. Uh, Kamala Harris is a prime example, a woman who uh, stood up for the victims of, uh, for the sexual assault um, accusers of Joe Biden and then immediately took the, the vice president position when he offered it to her. That is what many uh, Democrats and stuff are, are doing across the nation, especially in situations like this, because they are more concerned about their political standing and making everyone else agree with them rather than they are actually preserving the liberty of the citizens of the United States. Um, but anyways, in this specific instance, it was a test on Michigan and, um, it was insane. I'll read it to you. So more than 6,400 of Michigan's 10,600, uh, uh, absentee ballots were rejected August 4th were turned away because they arrived after Election Day, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's office said Friday. Another 2,225 2, ballots were discarded because there was no signature on the envelope, 1,111 were rejected because the voter moved, and 846 were not accepted because the voter was dead, according to data from Benson's office. So we've got um, some almost 1,000 people that are dead voting, apparently. Those individuals listed as dead or moved included voters who died or moved out of the jurisdiction after submitting their absentee ballots, Benson spokeswoman Tracy Wimmer said. The state gets monthly updates from the Social Security Administration regarding new Michigan deaths so officials can identify ballots filed by people who have since died. The 846 for people who had died after casting their ballot was cast at Breitbart and Gateway Pundit as proof of the nefarious of, nefariousness of vote-by-mail, the dead vote. Um, but, of course, the most important part of the story tells us the opposite, that the system caught the ballots uh, from the recently deceased and did not count those votes. It is, therefore, proof the system is working, not the other way around. Um, at least that's what this news article says. 
So, and that is a good point, because I thought about this, because I had seen this news before I had actually pulled up an article about it. Um, I had seen the news that 846 dead people had vote, recently voted in Michigan, and I was like, well, that makes me like mail-in voting less. But then I read this, art, I read this article, and they're like, ah, but they caught it, and they did not count those votes. And it made me think, and I was like, well, that's a good point, though, at least in Michigan. I, personally say we try it out on a national level, and I'm not saying vote for the president and use that as our test. I'm saying we look into some way where people can put in their, you know, put in their absentee ballots, and uh, we see how many, like, are these results going to be reflected across the nation? Will the, will the many people who may die between the time they cast their ballot and the actual election be caught? Uh, because if so, then mail-in voting may not be as nefarious as many as many people are, as many people on the right are, are pointing it out to be. However, it does point out that uh, w w well, what if we're in a situation where the post office doesn't catch these things? Because Michigan is Michigan; it's not the entire United States. Now, I'm very glad Michigan is able to pick it up, and I would have faith that all that many of our other post offices across the United States would point out, well, hey, these 846 people are dead, so don't count that because they're not alive to vote anymore. Um, uh, however, that does not mean that they by default will. Uh, we can say that on this level it does, and I say that we try and replicate these results on a bigger scale, because the bigger scale will be a, a little more accurate to if we were to do a presidential election from home. Um, I, I, but, again... Like with everything in politics, it's going to be about left versus right, Democrat versus Republicans. It's going to be the mail-in system voting doesn't work, we have to abandon it entirely, or it's, you know, oh, they caught it, so it works perfectly, everyone stay home now. Again, in, in either situation, whatever opinion based or, um, around this topic you support, it's likely probably more, or people are more concerned about their political uh, uh, standing rather than they are just securing the liberty of the citizens of the nation to vote for their elected uh, officials. Um, because nobody cares about that anymore. They're more concerned about giving themselves power and influence so that they can, um, you know, just stay in power longer, um, which is exactly the opposite of what our country was founded on, but nobody cares about that anymore, so whatever. So, Dr. Fauci says in-person voting can be made safe. So, this is actually related to that. So, with that in mind, the U.S.'s top coronavirus ex expert says that, Dr. Uh, says that voting in person will be as safe as going to the grocery store if you follow the guidelines. Um, and that was an excellent point. So, Coronavirus Task Force Chief Dr. Anthony Fauci said in an interview with National Geographic this week that in-person voting will be as safe as going to the grocery store as long as people follow posted safety guidelines. He added that those who are at high risk or compromised physical, uh, phys compromised physically should take advantage of normal absentee voting methods. Quote, I think if carefully done according to the guidelines, there's no reason what I can see that I can see why that, why that not be the case. For example, you know, when you look at going to a grocery store now, many regions and counties and cities that are doing it correctly, they have X's every six or more feet. And it says, I'm getting itchy on my shoulder, don't leave this spot. And it says, don't leave the spot until the person in front of you has left their spot. And if you can do that, uh, if you go wear a mask, if you observe the physical distancing and you don't have a crowded situation, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. So, in the words of our, of our supposed, of our top expert, why uh, uh, in-person voting can't be made safe. 
And this is something I brought up last week when I was talking about mail-in voting. I was saying, if we can make a, or was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week when I was talking about the Black Lives Matter protests and the riots and all that. I was like, if we can, if we're okay with that, then we should be perfectly okay with uh, with uh, people voting if they follow certain guidelines. Because in these certain riots, they're definitely not following social distancing guidelines and all of that. Nobody cares about all that when they're that mad. So if we can get people who are mad, if we're okay with people who are so mad they won't, can't follow any of the guidelines, then we should be perfectly okay with people who are in a, a state of mind that where they can follow certain guidelines. It makes perfect sense to me that voting can be in person if you set out the certain set of rules. And, as Dr. Fauci said, people who are physically compromised or sick or anything like that and can't go vote in person, they can do the absentee voting by mail. I don't see why that's a problem, given that in Michigan we've been we've proved that the system can catch those who may die in the in the meantime, who are animals, who who are filed under an animal's name, who who are. Uh, who are not uh, allowed to vote, whatever, yeah, you know, f- uh, so on and so forth. So it makes sense that if we are okay with with one uh, instance, then we can do the other. Especially since we know that the system can catch the votes that may not be um, that may not be uh, uh, usable, I guess, in in the election. And again, I say we re- we try and see if we can replicate the same uh, results as in Michigan. See if we can catch the the um, the votes of people who who can't vote or whose vote won't count by the time the election actually rolls around. And then we simply we simply say, okay, you can do voting in person if you're safe. We'll just we'll screen you. We'll check your temperature. Stay six feet apart. Do your voting. Once you go, we'll cl- we'll wipe down your booth and we'll move on. And if you can't go to physically vote, we'll let you vote by by mail. If you die between the time that it, between the time that happens, if you don't do it right, we can just it's okay. We, the system will catch it, and we can either try again or or and and so forth. I think if we were to set out an actual bipartisan plan, we could actually go about this election very fairly. But Democrats and Republicans don't care about fairness. They, they don't give a tiny crap about fairness. The left and the right, they don't care about being fair in this election. They care about securing their own political power and um, demonizing the other side for being the worst thing that's happened to America since uh, as if they're the new Nazi Germany, when in reality, both sides are equally evil because they are selfish and don't care about liberty. If we truly cared about preserving the liberty of our citizens to vote for their elected representatives, we would set up a plan that can keep people socially distanced but able to vote in person to ensure that their vote counts, and if they cannot come to vote in person, we simply let them absentee vote and catch votes that that won't be able to count by the time the election happens. But nobody cares about that, okay? The left and the right, Democrats and Republicans, it's not about preserving liberty, and it's not about um, uh, uh, making sure that this election is fair and equal um, so that we can... uh, you know, reset our democratic system. Neither side of the aisle cares about this, okay? They are more concerned with their more political, with their political power, their wealth, and their own influence in our, in our country, so that they can further preserve it and further strengthen it in the minds and hearts of the American public. And that's all they're ever going to care about. This is why when I talk about this election and people ask me, who are you supporting out of the main candidates? I literally don't have an answer. I this is the one election where if I if I could vote, because I'll be able to vote in the next one, if I could vote in this election, I wouldn't. And I don't care if that gives a voice to Trump. I don't care if that gives a voice to Biden. I don't care if that lets either of them win, because if either of them wins, we're doomed. If either of them wins, we're not getting better, okay? We may get slightly better under either one, 
But the ultimate truth is they are both part of this overcompassing idea of letting these corrupt 200, 300 often even plus year parties further brainwash the American public by controlling their their uh, emotional inability to their inability to control their own emotions. And it's for, it's just giving them more power. And in this situation, I was originally supporting Joe Jorgensen, but the more I actually look into her, though I do support her uh, her overall base, she still uh, tries to play up for the woke crowd. She support she um congratulated Kamala Harris because she was a woman, even though that's the most irrelevant factor of of someone running for an elective office, whether or not they are a woman or whether or not they are a person of color. Those are the two most irrelevant things, or should be the two most irrelevant things in politics ever, and uh, I just, I can't support someone who who brings them up, even if they don't actually believe in it, because I'm more concerned about people preserving their own beliefs and uh, preserving their own integrity within their beliefs, rather than throwing them out the window to ensure that they can get more votes. That's not something that I could support, and I would I would certainly hope that none of my viewers could support that either. So, when it comes to this situation, when it comes to the election, when it comes to voting in person or voting by mail or doing a system that can do both, I'm going to say if we were, if we could, if it was even possible for these two gangs that we call parties to try and do something that can, uh, that can, um, preserve the liberty of our citizens and can, uh, uh, you know, can allow them to vote within good conscience and uh, make this a fair and open election, you know, I'd be, that'd be great, but that's not going to happen. Democrats and Republicans, they don't care about you. The left and the right, they, they don't care about you. They don't care about your liberty. They don't care about the, the uh, ensurement that the elections are going to be fair and open. They care about themselves. They care about creating their political utopia where everyone is like them, everyone agrees with them, and they just think the world will suddenly be magical and happy if everything goes the way they envision it. And that's all they're ever going to care about. They've had over 200 years to prove... No, the, the parties specifically have had over 100 years to prove it. The idea of having a two-party system has, over, had, has, has had over 200 years to prove him. And the entire political spectrum has had over three or 400 years of time to prove that they actually care about preserving the liberty of the citizens of this nation and of nations across the, around the world. But they don't. They have failed at every instance where they have given themselves power because they are more concerned about creating a political utopia in which everyone agrees with them because in their twisted minds, they honestly think that everyone agreeing with them will suddenly make the world better. It won't. It simply won't. The complexity of our lives as a species is what makes our species, one, so special, and two, so amazing. Making everyone agree on politics is going to be the worst thing that could possibly happen. It's just a form of oppression. We see it in communist countries like in China and like in early Soviet Russia. It doesn't give, it does not create a better world. It creates a worse one. One party system should should die. Two party systems should die. Three party should, there should be no parties, no sides. They can talk, they can yap all they want. But when it comes to the actual affairs of elections and of governments, parties and the political spectrum should not have any place in them. So, anyway, uh... This news isn't isn't any better, but it's it's more personal rather than political. Pre- uh, President Trump's brother Robert has died with a hashtag that went around on Twitter for about a day or two. Uh, hashtag wrong Trump. Um, you know, Robert Trump, the younger brother of President Trump, has passed away. 
Mr. President Trump said, it is with a heavy heart that I share that my wonderful brother Robert peacefully passed away tonight. He was not just my brother. He was my best friend. He will be greatly missed, but we will meet again. There were conflicting reports on whether he was 71 or 72, and the president uh, traveled to New York City on Friday to visit his ailing younger brother, who was uh, back in the hospital. Um, it was not clear what the cause of his death was. The White House did not disclose Robert Trump's illness and the date of his most recent hospitalization. He had some sort of illness. We are, we are aware that it was not um, coronavirus, that much is certain. However, there was a Twitter that shortly followed after the death of President Trump's brother, Robert, that I want to bring up that I think is absolutely disgraceful. That further proves my point that, that that's these sides don't care about political integrity or liberty or freedom. They care about making everyone who doesn't agree with them feel like a horrible person and just feel miserable to the point to where they may even wipe themselves off the face of the planet. A, a trend on Twitter started that was wrong, Trump. How pathetic can you get? I don't care... If, if this man is the worst, because I don't even like him. I don't like Trump. I, I don't. But I certainly would never say he should die because I don't like him. What gives me the right to, th to say that? Besides the freedom of speech. <laughs> you know what I mean. What gives me the right to say that and honestly think people should respect my opinion is what I'm saying. I, you shouldn't. Because that's a low down, disgusting thing to do. Even the, the Biden campaign handled it much better. The Biden campaign said, I know how hard it is to lose a family member or someone you love, and I send my deepest condolences. That was a wonderful thing to say, okay? But most of his supporters, if not all of the left, spent the whole evening uh, creating a hashtag wrong Trump uh, uh, trend. This is the state of politics where people are so obsessed with their own self-indulgent ideologies that they are willing to say, I would rather watch you die. I would rather watch, I want you dead because I think I'm better than you. Because there's no, you can't, and people can be like, well, no, I, I actually know I'm better than him, so it's okay. No, you don't. You think you are because you're a self-indulgent, self-centered moron who, who has no care for empathy, yet you claim you do. You don't. You're a horrible person to people who don't agree with you. And the left and the right, they do this equally. I'm not saying they don't, but in this specific instance, I would like to call out the left specifically for doing something like that. For anyone in the left, for anyone who doesn't like Trump, who participated in, in, in letting that hashtag exist and not condemning it. It should be condemned in to totally. Because when you're on a side, the, the supposed side that has empathy and cares about people, as the left often says it does... You can't possibly do, can't possibly say that you would rather watch your opponents die and then turn around and say, oh, but it's okay because I care about people. No, you care about people who agree with you. And that's the goal. Again, once again, the whole goal of politics apparently now is to, is to brainwash people or to intimidate people into being part of your side because you only care about you. And if anyone who doesn't, if anyone doesn't agree with you, you will either intimidate them, bully them, or in the most extreme situations, kill them, as we often see in Russian elections. That could be us with the state of our citizens saying the wrong Trump could die, or the wrong Trump died. We might as well just be Soviet Russia killing off opposers who run against the president. Honestly. How pathetic is that? That is so... I, that's the absolute lowest form of scum you can possibly be to honestly say that you to honestly say that you care about people and then and then turn around and say well except I don't care about that guy cuz he doesn't agree with me that's selfish you're not selfless you're not
Once again, I want to remind you to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. So I've got, I post like some personal things and I post mostly political stuff, quotes from like my favorite president, George Washington and all that. Um, it's, it's harmless mostly, you know, and if you want to get to, I don't know, see stuff I post or, you know, you know, bully me online or whatever you do, uh, whatever you can go there. Or if you want to get some merch to show support for the show, you can get, uh, mugs, shirts, hoodies, socks, and, uh, hopefully more stuff will be coming out soon. Uh, you can find it on my website in the shop section. You can find that. The link is in my Instagram. It's on my YouTube. It's all over the place. So, uh, you'll love it, I think. So, so the DNC, on the opening night of the DNC, which I believe their fourth night is tonight, um, uh, President Trump made a snap at, at Michelle Obama. And I don't know if I want to talk about the DNC. I guess I'll talk about the DNC real quick. Just overall. I didn't watch it, but the clips I saw were absolutely ridiculous. As I expected, the DNC was nothing more than a uh, self-indulgent uh, political... Um, well, I was going to use an inappropriate analogy, but I don't think it's appropriate to use that one. It, it, it was an, it was a self-indulgent political um, reassurance that the people of the United States were um, under the mental lock of the Democratic Party. That's essentially what the DNC was. It was the, it was Democrats reassuring that that uh, their their base and that Americans around the world should be with them because they're the good guys and everyone else is the bad guys. You know the basic crap of 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 party politics that we're good because we said so. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said something like, we have the biggest voting base in all of America. You know, I don't care how big your base is. That doesn't make it good. The Mongols were, owned the largest empire ever, and they, they created it through intimidation and death. So, but you know, in the DNC, there were many notable figures, and some have are appearing tonight. Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, sorry, I said his name twice. Pete Buttigieg, AOC did it, uh, Bernie Sanders did it. They all, they're all endorsing Joe Biden, even though they all think he's a horrible choice, because, as they should. Um, and Michelle Obama came along, and she was saying about, you know, and, you know, the overall arcing message, there's a mist in here. I'm afraid it's going to start raining. Um, the overarching message is, uh, orange man bad, and uh, uh, white man good. Um, old white man good. So, Michelle Obama was very specific about um, separating children from their, you know, their families, putting them in cages and all that, which, uh, which by cages, she means fences in buildings. Um, and uh, she forgot to mention the part where her husband built those fences and began the major deportation and the major lockup of these millions of, of, of children's and families. But it doesn't matter because he's not in office anymore, and nothing he did can, he can be held up, uh, held accountable for. Um, so President Trump told uh, responded Tuesday morning to former First Lady Michelle Obama's forceful rebuke of his character and leadership, claiming that he would not have been elected to the White House if it were not for what he called the failings of her husband's administration. He wrote on Twitter, "Somebody please explain to Michelle Obama that Donald J. Trump would not be here in this beautiful White House if it weren't for the job done by your husband Barack Obama." Uh, Biden was merely an afterthought, a good reason for that very late and unenthusiastic endorsement, he added. The president's social media post came hours after the first former first lady addressed the opening night of the Democratic National Convention, using her pre-recorded keynote speech to cast Trump as a commander-in-chief dangerously deficient in empathy and experience. Quote, if you take one thing from my words tonight, it is this. If you think things cannot possibly get worse, trust me, they can and they will if we don't make a change in this election. If we have any hope of ending this chaos, we have to vote for Joe Biden like our lives depend on it. I hate quotes like that. 
Okay, you want to know why? Because Joe Biden is not better. He's a pawn for the Democratic Party to further secure their power and influence in government and further brainwash the morons of, that we call American voters. Okay? I'm not saying Republicans aren't doing it too. They're worshipping Trump like a god when they shouldn't. Trump is not a god. He's, if, he's, anything, he's the farthest thing from a god. The man's a horrible person and shouldn't be elected in office. I simply like some of his policies, some of his economic policies. Even then, I think he could do better. He, he's a lukewarm president who's got a horrible uh, social presence. That's what I think. Lukewarm president when it comes to his policies, who has a crappy social presence that I think does not deserve to get to sit in the White House. But that doesn't mean Joe Biden's better. Oh, he likes the environment. Yeah, so does every freaking other person on the planet. Liking the environment doesn't mean you're actually going to do crap about it. He's been in office for 50 years. What has he done to secure the environment? What? Oh, but he supports Black Lives Matter. He also incarcerated the largest number of minorities ever in the crime bill of 94. And, and we can talk about his vice president, but I've talked about Kamala for the past three weeks. I'm sick and tired of it. This, it, it's such a, a, a half-wit uh, uh, rebuttal of Trump's character. And I don't like uh, defending the man because he doesn't have a good character. But it's not bad enough to the point to where if we don't vote for Joe Biden, we're dead. It's not. If we vote for Joe Biden, the country will stay mostly the same. It's just going to flip the script. It's going to be Republicans are the angry, stupid ones who aren't in power, and Democrats are going to be the angry, stupid ones who are in power. It, reversing the um, reversing the way who has power does not suddenly make he, make save the world. Okay, when both sides of an argument are wrong, you shouldn't just give one of them power, and that suddenly means they're good. That's stupid. And that's what Democrats are relying on, for their voter base to be incredibly stupid, which is also what Republicans rely on. They need American voters to be some of the dumbest people on earth so that they can rely on their emotional, uh, their emotional mind to comprehend the things they think about, which is incredibly dangerous as it causes emotional inconsistency and major mental health problems. Democrats and Republicans don't care about that, though. They are, they are more concerned about having to do half the work to get you to be brainwashed into their cult of ideas and to uh, forever vote them into power so that they can secure their place in our country and possibly even the world. And that's all they ever care about, all right? And this D the DNC, the clips I have seen and the clips I don't want to see have just insured, have, uh, not insured, um, have reaffirmed that to me, that these parties care more about their political power and the uh, stupidity of their voting base, that they are, are acting as if if we don't vote for Joe Biden, the country is dead. If we vote for either of those guys, the country's dead, guys. Both of them will do, like, one lukewarm thing. We'll do one thing that's like, okay, I, I, that's not horrible. Okay? Like, Kamala Harris said something I agree with. Black Americans are, are, are um, suffering at the hands of economic... Of economic um, uh, disproportionate economics caused by uh, a couple hundred years of, 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 of um, not backwash, a couple hundred years of, uh, of what's it called? Of, of political runoff, because thanks to the political runoff of the Emancipation Proclamation, black Americans had a harder time getting jobs, so they had a harder time ascertaining wealth, so they had a harder time passing on that wealth. So for generations and generations, black Americans have been disproportionately poorer than many white Americans because of that thing that happened a hundred hundred, a couple, uh, I want to say 114, but that doesn't sound right. A, a while ago. It's a runoff, however. It's not like, there's no, there's no evil guy sitting in a dark room going, how are we going to oppress black people today? It's how, it's just not helping them. Instead of helping them in these certain areas, they just 
pretend it doesn't exist and continue to hand out a bunch of here's reparations, here's a, here's a bunch of social programs. These won't help them. They're, they're crutches. And they're crutches designed so that black Americans will rely on the government for the rest of their lives and never are able to ascertain that wealth like many white Americans have been able to do for centuries in our, for centuries, our country hasn't existed for centuries, for hundreds of years in this nation. And Kamala brought up a very excellent point there. However, and, and I'm sure Joe probably would too, and Trump probably would too. He has in the past, and I'm sure he will in the future. But that doesn't mean that they're inherently good and should be treated as if, if we don't elect them, that the country's dead. Because they both are more concerned about their party's power than anything else. Trump is a hardcore Republican, all right? And, and, you know, I don't have any problems with people personally. I'm not one of those types of people that's like, oh, you're not me? Then you're stupid and should die. I don't care. But I am going to say, when it comes to actual elections and, and the power that the person or party has in government, that type of stuff should be treated as strictly as humanly possible because those two parties have had over 100 years to prove themselves and they failed. So why do we keep giving them the power? And I'm not even saying vote for a third party because every other party just copies what the, the two big ones do at a smaller level. They're just the same as these guys, just not as popular. So... I, I say get rid of all of them, okay? But the American voting base is so is so either full of itself or dumb that they cannot let go of these people. And these people keep a hold on them because they use words like, we have got to vote for Joe Biden like our lives depend on it. Democratic voters are going to be terrified of that sentence because they actually, actually believe that if they don't vote, if Joe Biden doesn't win, the country's over. Just like they did in 2016. Obviously, that's not true, but it's but we can't, it's like no, everyone refuses to believe in any way, shape, or form that these two parties are lying to them, that, they're, that they are dishonest, distrustful, self-centered, uh, uh, um, I don't know what the word, bullies. And I don't know, I honestly, like when I say, like when I'm waiting for this election, when I'm talking about this, well, real quick, let me bring up a thing. Trump attacking Michelle Obama, I'm not even entirely against that because I didn't like those words either. And he's not entirely wrong, thanks to many of the things Obama's been doing. Trump's been elected and all that. That's why people elected him. Um, but I but I, I still look down upon that type of thing. And that's been his thing forever, attacking people who make him upset. And that's another reason why I don't think he would make he is good in that office anyway. But I uh I, I don't know. I don't like what either of them said, but they're but in this case, I don't think Trump's entirely wrong to call Michelle out like that. He's not entirely wrong because thanks to Obama, those cages were built. The cages, the fences in the in the ice buildings. So, once again, I'm bringing up in the 2020 election, who do I support? If you were to put a gun up to my head, I would honestly say, just just shoot me. Because I'm not going... I'm not honestly going to support either. I officially said I support Donald Trump this election just because of uh, my support of Black Lives Matter. And I don't think a man who incarcerated more minorities than many senators in modern political history have done. But even then, I don't want either of these guys in office. Because, again, though they do lukewarm things that I can agree with once in a while, that's... I. Overall, they're securing a power for their party. Because here's the thing, you're never going to agree with everyone who's elected in office forever. My favorite president ever, the only president who I've had any respect for, George Washington, massive racist, uh, I'm massive homophobe, 
you know, I socially and in some instances, I would be like, yeah, that was that was bad. Shouldn't have done that. Um, but overall, it's his main goal, his main focus, which fortunately for us was not an unspoken goal. It was very spoken. He was very passionate about the support for just preserving the liberty of our citizens. And that is an idea that I think we should have adopted early on. And even with 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 civil rights and all that, it would have been easier to do that had we adopted the, the concept that liberty is more important than anything else. But thanks to parties, thanks to the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, and later the Democrats and the Republicans, it's not about that. It's about an ideolog- a made-up ideological war that is based on the fear that the world is not perfect, that you won't be happy every day, every second of every minute of every hour of every day on earth in your life. That fear that you at any point may be uncomfortable or unhappy shows up and parties immediately assume that the, that the immediate um, solution to that is to brainwash all the American citizens into believing in one side or another and giving that one side, whatever side it is, left or right, all the power and creating this political utopia where everyone agrees with them, that, that if, if you vote for us, the world will be better. They're wrong. Because one-sided politics, this one-sided the world will be better if leftists are in charge, or this one-sided the world will be better if right, or right-wingers are in charge, is false. The world is not this comic book, is not some melodramatic story about heroes and villains. The world is a complex sequence of events that should be taken at face value with no, with no emotion and then emotion played into them and your philosophical beliefs played into them at a later time. But nobody cares about that, okay? They are, people are disingenuous, self-centered uh, political hacks who are more concerned about creating sameness than they are preserving liberty because they don't see liberty the concept of giving every American the right to say and do what they wish within reason as good. They see, they see, um, blocking people who aren't me as good. And that is absolutely disgraceful. The DNC is a a total joke right now. And I, I don't know the Republicans. I don't know if they're doing that or not, but whatever. I wouldn't watch either one. Okay. I would not watch either one. So uh, recently, President Trump posthumously pardoned suffrage leader Susan B. Anthony on the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment. I just thought that was cool. This is nothing like like huge, but I thought that was a cool thing because the 100th uh, uh, men, uh, the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment uh, recently happened, and he posthumously uh, pardoned Susan B. Anthony, who illegally voted in 1843 or 34. I cannot remember. Uh, 1872. I'm way off. I'm like way off, <laughs> like off by like 30, 40 years. Um, but the point is, science, that's a really cool thing. That's really awesome. Um, and it, it got me thinking, like women have only had really a say in, in our elections for about a third of the nation's history, which is insane, but it's, it's real cool that at least it's a hundred years and not 20 years. I'm glad that is. And, and to pardon Susan B. Anthony like that was really, was really awesome. So on Tuesday, he's issuing a, a posthumous presidential pardon for Susan Anthony, Susan Anthony, a leader of the women's suffrage movement who was found guilty of voting illegally as a woman in the 1872 presidential election. Trump made the announcement alongside First Lady Melania Trump wearing white at a White House event uh, commemorating the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, which ensued women, which ensured women the right to vote. It was ratified August 18th, uh, 1820, 14 years after Anthony died. 
She was guilty for voting, and we are going to be signing a full and complete pardon, Trump said. Although he didn't say so specifically, the symbolic gesture appeared aimed, at least in part, to female voters Trump is looking to court ahead of the election, as polls shows the Democratic currently prefers former Vice President Joe Biden. Yeah, th this is this may very well be a um, a political thing that that is a, ver a fair point to make because Trump's very big on making political things that will benefit him. But it's still a good gesture either way, re whether regardless of whether what the intent was, it is a very nice thing to do. It's a very nice symbolic gesture, uh, regardless, because uh, it, you know that type of stuff sucks. I mean, why shouldn't women have the right to vote and all that? Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's really it. There wasn't much to say about that. There was a thing where leftists were suddenly trying to make Susan Anthony out as, like, a racist. It's that it's that classic thing of Trump does thing, and the left and, and Democrats freak out about it because um, they don't like Trump. And so suddenly every good thing he could possibly do is evil. Listen, I'm not against, you know, saying, like, uh, uh, you know, can't... Uh, I'm trying to think of something... Like, it's for every foreign policy choice he's ever made, I've con uh, condemned all of them because I'm like, you're a retard. Stop doing it. Well, I'm sorry. That was that was insensitive of me to say. I, 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 I used to call people that a lot back in the day, and I've tried to calm down, or not, or not to. I'm, the point still stands. I don't like any of his foreign policy decisions, and um, it's safe to call him out on those and uh, in any of the decisions that he makes that are... Uh, ignorant or anything like that, but to say that uh, this this wonderful woman who was a huge leader in the suffrage movement uh, in the 1800s and and uh, and uh, you know fought the um, a patriarchy that was still alive and well and isn't one that is in our heads do be created out of fear um, uh, is a wonderful thing and to say that it was bad because Trump did it is an is really stupid okay so that's that. Um, our last piece of news today, former President Bill Clinton is seen with Epstein Vic in new photos. So new photos have uh, arised and it shows a, a, uh, uh, a Jeffrey Epstein victim massaging Bill Clinton. So Bill Clinton has lots of ties with Epstein. I 100% think he's involved in all of that and should be condemned and tried um, because there's no way this man didn't do stuff. But people keep trying to defend him. I don't know why. So, hours ahead of former President Bill Clinton's appearance at the Democratic National Convention, the Daily Mail published photos Tuesday that show Clinton apparently receiving a neck massage from alleged Jerry, Jerry, Jeffrey Epstein victim. Uh, I want to make sure I pronounce this right. Shante Davies following a previously reported flight that Clinton and Epstein took to Africa together in 2002 with Davies telling the Mail that Clinton was, quote, a perfect gentleman on the trip. The two photos show Davies, 22 at the time, giving Clinton a neck rub while he sits in what looks like an airport lounge chair. According to Daily Mail, alleged Epstein recruiter Ghislaine Maxwell, currently being held in Brooklyn jail on federal sex trafficking and perjury charges, insisted that Davies gave Clinton the massage after his neck became stiff from a flight on Epstein's, Epstein's private jet, since nicknamed the Lolita Express. Davies reportedly told the Mail, the Daily Mail that Clinton was a perfect gentleman during the trip and that he saw she saw no foul play. Clinton told Forbes last year that he knew nothing about the terrible crimes Jeffrey Epstein pleaded guilty to in Florida some years ago. The publication of the photos just came, uh, came just hours before Clinton is set, was set to endorse Biden during Tuesday night's virtual DNC, once again raising questions about his ties to Epstein, who died August 2019 while awaiting trial for federal sex trafficking charges. These are some pretty, free, some pretty freaky photos. Um, I 100% believe... I mean... What's her name? I've already forgotten her name. Oh, that, I feel horrible saying that. But Davies, uh, Shante Davies says there's no foul play. And I'll take her word for it. I, 
if there was no foul play, there's no foul play. Just because someone's a pedophile doesn't mean they're or a sexual um, predator doesn't mean they always <laughs> they're always doing that. But he had he was reported on doing similar things on on other trips with other women. So excuse me if I if I question his motives and and his words and his and and these photos um, because he's done similar things and actually sexually assaulted women um, on trips like this one in the past and um, in the yeah in the past. But she says there's no foul play. I'll take her word for it on this one. Um, simply because I feel like it's the right thing to do. But these are some pretty freaky photos either way. Um, does not... I mean, even if she says that she's okay and that, and that he was a perfect gentleman during the trip and that there was no foul play, that doesn't mean he's not a, he wasn't involved in this stuff. Because he 100% was involved in this stuff. Um, we have assault victims that have come out against him. Um, and people who worked on Epstein's Island who said, yeah, there he was. I saw him. I was right there. And I was like, hey, look, who's these people? Who are these women on the beach? He's like, oh my God, they're topless. And he's like, oh wait, that's President Clinton. You know, like, of course, you know, but if this is, in this instance, if she was safe, that's all that matters. Okay. I, I, I really do hope she wasn't pressured into saying that. And I don't think she was, I think she was, but it does happen, but I don't, you know, I'll take her word on it, and until any further information comes out that actually proves that something happened, I, I, I won't say anything. I will say that I still think he's a scumbag, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had done something or have or did do something that we just don't know about. But for now, it's whatever. Clinton, I, I just don't like the man, all right? Um, freaky stuff. So, that's the end of this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening in. Um, you know... Uh, I'll try and work out with this thing with the video. I'll try to get it work. I, I know I've got some problems with trying to get the videos out, and I've had this problem since the dawn of this show, but you know what? It's okay. We've got we've got the audio version. Make sure to go to my website and listen to that. Um, remember, follow my Instagram. It's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-U-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. Um, and of course, if you want to show your support for our show, for my show, I say our as if there's more people here, huh? No. Um, if you want to show support for my show, you should go to uh, the shop section on my website. Found the links on my Instagram uh, 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 biography. It's in my YouTube. It's I think on every uh, video that I do end up posting, or at least will. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend you check it out if you want to show your support for the show, or if you want to get someone a gift who may know about the show. I don't know. It's not a ginormous show. You know, it's like 600 people or something. Uh, so it's not much. So, but yeah, thanks so much for listening in and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.